We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Brian, like I said, there is nine early enrollees on the offensive side of the ball. We talked about the overall feeling of what this class can do in its entirety, talking about the 15 early enrollees on campus. But let's get a little bit more specific here because we'll talk expectations, talk about what you're excited for. Let's let's talk about it. It has to start with, and the early enrollees, just for people that don't know, on the offensive side of the football, quarterback C.J. Carr, Running backs, Kedron Young, Aeneas Williams. Wide receivers, Cam Williams, Micah Gilbert. Tight end, Jack Larson. Offensive lineman, Styles Prescott and Anthony Knapp. Those are the early enroll. I'm Peter Jones, excuse me. Wait, is, or Yes, and Peter Jones, excuse me. Yes, all so that is Gearby. the nine. Right, Gerby. Yep, all but Gearby. Gerby, yep. So nine players that are on campus here, offensive side of the football. Let's start with CJ Carr because we've even gotten a little bit of glimpse of him already. He was obviously in bowl prep. I know you guys had availability to the practice and got to see him throw the football around a little bit and expectations for 2024. It's very nuanced, Brian, because I think that a lot of people are very high on CJ Carr. I know that you are very high on CJ Carr. I know that Notre Dame staff is obviously very high on CJ Carr, the future of the potential here coming into this situation though. I think it's all about, especially early getting used to everything right the day in and day out of playing quarterback because it's not a position where cj Carr has to come in and start from day one this is more about setting up for the future and getting a really good foundation moving forward here as an early enrollee we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and he actually got a even bigger start than anybody else did because he had about a what about a week and a half worth of practices because he enrolled he actually was able to get started on on uh was it december 16th so i think it's about a week week and a half worth of practices and got to be down i mean he was on the field i was down on the field before the bowl game he was he wasn't dressed because he couldn't play but you know, he had traveled with the team and, and was down there and all that kind of stuff which was good for notre dame and, and good for cj because as you said it, it gets to lay that foundation of learning the offense getting to to know Gino Gadouli and what his coaching style is and what his expectations are and and what the practice reps are like and all those type of things. I mean, that was a that was an important thing for CJ. And and no, we don't expect CJ to be the starter this year, but it it also isn't a year that CJ just gets to kind of take off and chill and and learn and all those type of things because he is sitting behind along with Kenny Minchie and Steve Angeli, a one year player at Notre Dame. When you look at Riley Leonard, who's only going to be here for one year. And so the question is, is okay, who's going to be that guy that puts himself in position to win the job when Riley leaves. The other part of it too, it also is are, are the quarterbacks on the roster now going to be able to play at a level that allows them to prevent or, you know, encourage the staff, I should say, not to go to the portal again next year because Notre Dame does not, I, I can say this confidently, Notre Dame doesn't have any desire to go into the portal next year for a starting caliber player. There's a chance they're going to have to go to the portal next year for a transfer for a, a depth guy because they do want four quarterbacks. Although I'm curious, you know, does Anthony Rezac have the, the ability to, be, to kind of come that fourth quarterback along with Dylan Devison? That could, that could be the case as walk-ons. But you have to you have to give them a reason not to go to the portal. Say, well, you know, are they going to keep going to the portal? Depends. It depends on the development we see from the from the depth chart that's going to be behind Riley Leonard, and it can't just be one guy. It has to be a lot of them. And so, CJ's part of that process. You know, the development, especially of CJ and Kenny Minchie this offseason, is going to be huge towards you know Notre Dame feeling like they have the confidence in their depth chart to not have to go to the portal next year for a starter. And if you're CJ. You know, you're, you're, I mean, Steve Angeli's two years ahead of him. So that's a little bit of a different deal. You know, CJ, Steve will be a junior next year, but like with Kenny Minchie, he's right in front of you. He's been on campus, you know, two semesters ahead of you, but you're competing with him because when Riley leaves, you're not going to, you're going to have to say, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to be that guy. I'm ready to step into the lineup and be that guy. So even though CJ Carr is an early enrollee, He's a he's not going to I mean, excuse me, even though he's not a guy that's going to necessarily be competing for a starting job right now, the work he's putting in, the work Kenny Minchie's putting in, the work Steve Angeli's putting in, it may not have any impact on who starts this year because that's going to be Riley Leonard. But what if Riley Leonard gets hurt? You know, what if Riley Leonard, um, you know, doesn't play well for the first four or five, six games of the year, plays really bad football? How quickly are you able to take hold of that starting job to where if that time comes, you're that guy? Because if if you if you kind of like CJ's got to take a there does need to be some immediacy 
to CJ and and because when we're just talking about the freshman, this is also true of Kenny Minchie, but I don't have to th- keep throwing that clarifier in there. We're we're just talking about the freshman right now. But for for CJ, if you want to be the starting quarterback when Riley leaves, you have to prepare yourself now to battle for that job because you are battling for that job now. And yes, you're going to be behind. You've got to learn the offense. You've got to learn the drills. You got to learn this. You got to get stronger. You know, the weight room is going to be important for CJ and all that type of stuff because he doesn't have the the thick frame that that Kenny Minchie kind of showed up with. CJ's got to build his body up quite a bit. But the competition for Riley Leonard's replacement started, what was it, uh, Monday, January 15th, when all the players, you know, when all the players arrived on campus. It started then because you need to put yourself in position to where you're you get in the fall ready to compete for that job, that number two job, to whereas if Riley does get hurt, you can be that guy. Because let's just say hypothetically that Notre Dame needs a new starting quarterback in week three, and you're not a, you're not that guy, and that guy steps in and plays well, guess what? You fall further behind that guy in the battle the next year to become the starting quarterback. And so, you know, to me, that's what CJ's up against. I mean, that's, that's the importance of it. So, We'll talk a lot about, you know, Riley's the guy. There's not a real quarterback competition for the starter. To me, there is definitely a quarterback competition, definitely a quarterback competition this spring. It's just not for the starting quarterback. And the key for CJ is going to be thrusting himself into that as quickly as possible. That's going to be a very, very big key uh, for for CJ uh, going forward is, is to put himself in that position. After CJ, obviously, when when you look at at, at where Notre Dame is and and who's going to have a chance, you you, you know who's gonna, we're just going to kind of go position by position. So we're going to go quarterback, running back, you know, wide receiver, tight end, and offensive line, and we're going to go to running back next because this is a this is a very interesting position for me because I'm I'm, I'm well I'm I'm very curious to kind of see who comes back this spring. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I'm very curious to see know what players are going to be part of the roster this offseason so when you look at you know right now Notre Dame's uh, spring roster they have Devin Ford as part of that roster you know obviously Jadarian Price Jeremiah Love and Jabron Payne and then of course the new the two the two new freshmen and Kedron Young and Aeneas Williams does that stay the same are they able to kind of push their way up the depth chart and we all we all look at like, well, who's going to be back, and who's going to do this, and who's going to be. Well, a lot of that at running back to me is going to ha- is going to fall on the, the to the feet of the running backs. Do they grow up? And I'm talking about as players. Do they grow up quick enough to push their way into the top three? That's a good question, because that could shake up the whole board. I mean, right now you look at it, you've got Jadarian Price and, and Jeremiah Love in a sort of a 1A, 1B situation coming into the, the season. You look at Jabron Payne finished the season as kind of their third down, you know, power back. Devin Ford's a little bit of a special teams, do-it-all kind of guy. And then you've got the two freshmen. And so when, when I look at those, those players, you know, Ryan, it, it, who's part of this team in the fall could very well come down to what the competition is like with the freshmen and how quickly right. they can get acclimated to say, this Kedron dude is going to play for us. or this Aeneas guy has got to play for us. You know what I mean? That could yep. then shake up the roster because that could maybe make a guy that, that plans on coming back, look at things and say, boy, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure if this is the best spot for me. Cause I just had a freshman pass me up or those guys hold down their jobs and they sit out a year, which is, you know, fine too. But sure. these are two kids that are going to be – if they come in and work, and that's going to be the thing for them, if they come in and put in the work, 
they're going to be guys that could be could be hard to keep off the field next season. They they really could. Well, because I, I think they bring a couple niches to the table that are, I won't say lacking at Notre Dame, but I mean, are unique to the running back room. I mean, because you just lost Aldrich Estimated the NFL, who is what? 227 battering ram of a running back. You don't really have that guy as much in that room right now. Like you have some power, but for the most part, it's more built about explosive speed and home run ability right now based upon Jeremiah Love, who's 190 something pounds based upon Jadarian Price, who's 207 pounds, 206 pounds, wherever the heck he's listed at now. You don't really have a guy that is a true downhill between the tackles guy that can truly carry a load. And although it's hard to put that on someone as a fresh as a freshman, the niche of power and explosiveness that Kedron Young brings to the table. I mean, why not a short yardage back potentially? Why not a change of pace power back is essentially in certain situations. He has that chance to find that niche. I mean, he's 217 plus pounds. He was 217 pounds down in San Antonio, which was actually eight pounds lighter than what he played as a senior at Lufkin. He was up at 225 pounds. So he's a physically put together kid. He is going to be the heaviest running back in that room. I mean, he is right now the heaviest running back that Notre Dame has the most powerfully built running back. Well, I don't want to say that Jadarian price is pretty powerfully built, but the, one of the most physically imposing backs that Notre Dame has on the roster. And then you talk about Aeneas Williams. He brings that all purpose profile. I mean, literally Brian, the craziest numbers that I saw was he ran for over 4,000 yards in his career at Hannibal. He had over 3000 yards receiving as well at Hannibal. I mean, he was used as a wide receiver at times in the slot, out wide, out of the backfield as a pass receiver. You have guys that can do that. Like Jeremiah Love could do that, right? Jadarian Price could do that. But nobody has was as prolific as what Aeneas Williams was as a pass receiver coming out of high school. Not anybody on the roster. So does he have an opportunity to be a niche pass catcher on mm-hmm. early on in his Notre Dame career? Those opportunities are in front of yeah. these guys because they have those niches to them that are unique to their profiles. Ryan, I just want you to just think about this for a second. 7,000 yards of offense and over 150 touchdowns. I don't care what level of football you're playing at. That is ridiculous. Yep. And if you look at it, the two of them combined, Notre Dame is adding 8,000 rushing yard high school rushing yards worth of talent and production to their roster because Keedron was like what 20 yards below 4,000 yeah and like, and like three and, nine eight eight yeah or something like that. and yeah. Aeneas was over yeah. and and so that's a ton of production now Keedron yeah. doesn't bring a whole lot to the table from a, a pass game standpoint in high school We'll have yep. to see what he can do. I don't know what – I mean, I, I know – I saw the video you sent me. I mean, he, catch, he catches the ball fine. I mean, I thought he caught the yep. ball. He looked natural catching the ball. We just yep. haven't seen him do it. He wasn't used to do it a whole lot. So that He only had like three game, receptions but, his senior year or something like yeah. that. It was like a crazy yeah. number. Which, yeah. I mean, I, I was actually pleasantly surprised with how natural he was catching the ball in those drills that you sent me from San Antonio. Yep. Now that's a whole different deal than than catching it in the game when you haven't done it with guys closing on you, right? So there will be an adjustment there. But like the guy that to me needs to to fend off Keedron Young the most is Jabron Payne, because yeah. I could see Keedron being sort of that third down back because Notre Dame's third down back is first and foremost a pass blocker, and as yeah. you mentioned, this is the biggest running back they're going to have. 
this year. I mean, he's the strongest, most physical, thick lower body that they're going to have. I thought Jabron Payne did some good things there last year. He's very inconsistent, but he's a sophomore. He's learning. Jabron will get better. If you know Jabron Payne, he's going to work and get his game better. And so I expect yep. him to be more consistent in that regard next year. But Kedron is the kind of guy that you can look at and say, you know, short because because Jabron was also sort of there when when Audric went out. He was their short yardage goal line back yep. as well. Well, both yep. of those roles, I could see Aeneas and Kedron battling for the third down role, and I could see Kedron battling for that short yardage goal line role. So Jabron yep. Payne's going to be a guy that that's going to have to really bring it this spring. And it, it just kind of goes back to the whole thing we talked about at the beginning, Ryan, in, in kind of part one of this breakdown is if 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 Jabron Payne, if there's a real competition and Jabron Payne is still the third down and the goal line short yardage back this year, guess what? He's going to be really good at that role because he'll have to be. Because if he yeah. isn't, he's going to get beat out. Because I, yeah. I I like Jabron. I graded him as a four-star player. I didn't gra- I don't think he has the natural God-given ability that Kedron Young and Aeneas Williams have. I don't. So for him to hold them off, he's going to have to be really good. And if Jabron yeah. is really good and does hold them off, guess what? Notre Dame now is a three-headed monster at running back with Jadarian and J- Jeremiah. And that's how he starts to say, boy, this, this thing could get really, really good. Yep. It could get really I, good. I mean, we talked about it last year because it was an embarrassment of riches at running back in 2023 season in general, but it's not slowing down, guys. Like we're just we, we just you just talked about five running backs. That I think we're all really good players, right? It's like Jeremiah Love, explosive breakaway runner, kind of a high cut kid. Jadarian Price has already shown that he can create some big plays at Notre Dame when he's got back healthy from his Achilles injury as a freshman. You have Jabron Payne, who has shown that he has a pretty solid overall all-around game. You're adding in Neas Williams with his all-around skill set. You add in Kedron Young with his power, explosiveness profile. Notre Dame's going to be sick at running back. And if either one of those kids are able to crack the crack the, the rotation, that means that they're really good at the end of the day, right? Like that means that they are really, really good football players because it's not going to be easy to crack the rotation. But if they did, would I be shocked? No. Wouldn't be shocked. It was. It's just a testament to the recruiting that Dylan McCullough has been doing over the last couple of years, and the developments that Dylan McCullough has had at the running back position. They are in a good spot running back wise. Wide receivers, the two guys on campus. Only Logan Saldate is not going to be on campus of the three wide receivers. So you have Cam Williams, and you have Micah Gilbert. Very different players. Cam listed around 6'2", 190, 195 pounds. Sleek downhill, t- uh, downfield type of athletes really has really good acceleration and foot quickness. And then you got Micah Gilbert, who's kind of that 6'2, 6'2 and a half, 205 plus pound physical kid who can play outside. Pretty nuanced route runner, though, can win with size and can do a lot of things after the catch as well for with his physicality. So, wide receiver position, Brian. Again, you're talking about the depth's pretty good, man, as far as you bring in Chris Mitchell. You bring in Bo Collins. You bring in uh, the uh, what's the kid's name from Marshall that they just picked up that will be in at some point. I'm, I'm telling you the name. answer, Ryan. Yeah. But the problem yes. is I muted myself. So yes, you were like, yes. I'm like, Ryan, Jaden Harrison, Jaden Harrison. I know. No, but Harrison. I kept saying Jayden it was in my mind. And I'm and like, I, why is he not listening to me? <laughs> for some reason, like, oh, for myself. some reason, Jaden was in my mind, but I kept thinking Hamilton for some reason. I don't know well, why. But yes, Jaden Harrison. When you are trying to remember a Notre Dame player's name at receiver, if 
you guess Jaden, you've got a pretty good shot of getting it right since they have so many Jadens on their roster at wide receiver right now. So, um, you know, he, uh, uh, yeah, it's amazing, Ryan, where they are now compared to where they were a year ago from a depth standpoint. I mean, you've obviously got uh, Deion Colsey and Jaden Thomas in the older class. You've got the freshman class, which is depleted a little bit from where it was, but it's, you know, it's still got Jaden Greathouse, Jordan Faison, KK Smith, which is still a pretty good th- trio uh, of yep. players. You've de- also, that's five. You've also got the three early, the three transfers gives you eight and then two early enrollees. They're going to have better depth and depth of talent right now in the spring than they had during the fall. Yep. In my opinion. Yep. And that, and then of course they'll add Logan Saldate in the, the, the summer. So the receiving the, the receiver position in a hurry with a really strong portal class and a really strong freshman class to your, to, cause I think you nailed it, Ryan, this freshman class, these early enrollees, these are two guys that show up day one at Notre Dame and have the talent and the bodies and the game to compete for playing time right now. Even more so, I think, than last year's freshman class. Like I think I think Cam and Micah Gilbert are more physically advanced than anybody in last year's freshman class outside of maybe Jaden Greathouse. Like Rico Flores, you know, is a strong kid and all that, but he doesn't have their athleticism. He doesn't have their length. He doesn't have the big playability they had. He had the physique, but not the game. Greathouse had the yeah. game and the body. These two kids have the game and the body. Braylon James didn't have the game yet. And KK Smith was hurt, and Jordan Faison wasn't here in the spring. So, yep, this group to me, uh, this is a this is a impact make an impact right away group of receivers with Cam yes. Williams. Not and, and Cam Williams will get a lot of the attention, rightfully so. He's a dude. Mm-hmm. I believe you and I both had him as a five star. You had him yep. as a five star as well, correct? Yep. Um, but Micah Gilbert's another guy that that you and I like a lot. That is physically going to show up and, and and be one of your more physically imposing receivers the minute he steps foot on campus. No, he's a, he's a massive kid. So there's a, there's a good chance that either one of those players could play themselves in the reps. It's just be, it's great to be in a good, it's really nice to be in the situation though, where you don't need them to be necessarily that guy, at least in year one. If Cam Williams comes in in year one and he's that guy, right? Like a freshman All-American or he's a guy that's pushing for playing time and maybe outplays Chris Mitchell in the, you know, at the Z position and he becomes the starter at some point. That's great. That means that Cam Williams is everything that we thought he could be at the end of the day. If Micah Gilbert comes in and by the end of the season, it's like, hey, man, like Bo's a good player, but like also, you know, he needs to get some reps there, right? Like he's he's too good to keep off the field or he's a guy that you put in the slot in certain situations and move him around a little bit. And that's great. That's because Mikey Gilbert is too good to keep off the field. But ultimately, Notre Dame hasn't been in this position for the last couple of years. They have accumulated depth from the, the veteran perspective. I mean, you even talk, I mean, I, I already talked about Jaden Harrison coming in as the ret- return man, potential you know, slot gadget type player. You talk about Bo Collins at the boundary. You talk about Chris Mitchell at the Z. You have that now combined with Jaden Greathouse and Jordan Faison and and Deion Colsey and Jaden Thomas. Like you're you're cooking now, man. Like you're in a good spot from a depth perspective. And it's not just a depth for numbers perspective either. It's a depth as in you feel good about it. Like you feel good about 
Jaden Thomas being on the field. You feel good about Jaden Greathouse being on the field. You feel good about Bo Collins. You feel good about Chris Mitchell. You feel good about Jordan Faison. You K. feel K. good Smith. about these guys getting reps. Yeah, I keep forgetting about KK. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ryan, like, I think you you right, right there, you nailed why I'm so confident this receiving core is going to be really good this year. Because it's not all dependent on, you know, Deion Colsey's not healthy this year. I don't know that they're going to have a boundary receiver. Right. You know, if, if this guy doesn't, if Chris Tyree doesn't step up this year, who's your slot? I mean, who's your, who's your difference maker in the slot? You know what I mean? Like if Tobias guy, Merriweather yeah. doesn't step up this year, who's your outside guy that can stretch the field? You didn't have one. And we saw when Tobias started getting less reps that their vertical presence disappeared. It was gone, you know, and, and for all his woes, that's the one thing that he brought that he made teams have to respect that. And so this year, you don't have that. I mean, you, the 10 guys that can play right now, is there a single guy? Like last year, part of that group was like Matt Salerno. And is there anyone yeah. right now that you look at and say, I don't think that guy is physically or or his game is advanced enough to play. But if that guy plays this year, you're in trouble. Is there a single guy in the 10 that we just talked about that if he's playing and it's part of the rotation this year, you're like, ooh. That's not good. Right. There's a couple yeah. last year. Like if this guy's playing 20, 30 snaps a game, that probably means something bad happened somewhere yep. else. That's the that's the thing about it is that's that's that great competition, but also the depth to where you're much better positioned because someone's going to get hurt for whether it's for a week or two weeks or whatever. It's it, it's going to happen. It happens everywhere. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's not going to live up to expect. I mean, that's just how that's football. That's that's true at Notre Dame, Ohio State, Bama, Washington, Texas, Georgia, everywhere. Yep. And and do you have the ability to replace that and, and continue rolling with what's behind it? Last two years, when you'd lose guys or guys, like when Lorenzo Styles didn't play up to expectations, that really hurt the receiving core early in 2022. When you when Jaden Thomas went down this year and then Jaden Greathouse got hurt a week later, that decimated this receiving core that already didn't have Bo Collins. Now yep. you don't want to lose those three guys, but if you do. You've got much more impactful, experienced talent ready to step into those roles because of what you have, not just with the with the transfers, but also you have two freshmen to me that they don't have to play Ryan based on this roster, but there's a lot of years where these kids would have come in and been like, how do you keep that kid off the field? Right. And that that's, that's a great place to be. And right. again – if you don't bring it every day, if you're Jaden Thomas or and, and Deion Colsey or Chris Mitchell or Bo Collins or Jaden Harrison or Jordan Faison or K.K. Smith or anybody else, if you don't bring it every day, you run the risk of getting passed up by Cam Williams or, or Micah Gilbert. That's where you that, that's where Bama's been for years, Ryan. That's where Georgia has been for the last four or five years. That's where a lot of these top programs are that if you don't bring it, okay, that's cool. Step aside, because this kid over here is hungry and he wants it. And that's what gets me so fired up about where the depth chart is right now, Ryan. And you nailed it at receiver. Like, all these kids can play. All these kids are ready to play right now. Yeah. That's going to make yeah. for great competition, man. Great competition. It is. It is. It's an exciting group to watch because I think there's a lot of different there's a lot of different possibilities for rotations and alignments and you know what the snap share is. It's, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating. Real quick, Ryan, I, I think you, you just kind of hit on something else too. That's one thing that's, that, that is important about this group of early enrollees 
is last year's class had a lot of guys who were more ideally suited for the slot, which kind of had to play them outside. The yep. nice thing is, is you're bringing in two guys that to me can flat out play outside. Now I think Micah Gilbert can play all three positions in this in this offense. And I, I mean, I think you can make a case that Cam Williams could as well, but they're longer, taller, vertically oriented outside guys. And that's something Notre Dame needs, needed, needs an influx of. And if, and if they yep. weren't that, then there's that's a lot of pressure on Chris Mitchell to be that guy, or Jaden Greathouse to be that guy. Because if they're not, then you're 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 stuck without that. So I think that's the other thing too is you you were you were talking about this just now. The complementary nature of the makeup of this room is a lot better than last year because you could argue that outside of Deion Colsey and Tobias Merriweather, every other receiver that was in the rotation last year could argue that his best position was slot. Yeah, and that's not the case anymore, with with the new the makeup of this new look. Even, this new look receiving room. Even some of Tobias's biggest plays last year were from the slot as well. So yeah, yeah. the All NC the State play, the 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 pit big play, the touchdown. Uh, yeah, the the long post against Pitt was. Yeah, you're you're correct. His first touchdown of his career against Stanford was from the yep. slot. So you are correct. It was. You are correct. Yep. It's definitely a different feeling, the wide receiver position, and I'm interested to see if Cam or Mike Gilbert able to crack that rotation. Offseason will obviously be dependent. Health will be dependent. And we'll see what happens in the moving forward. Tight end, not too long of a conversation here. Jack Larson, obviously, is an early enrollee there. Jack is a player that is going to be in a, in a tight end room that just not going to need him to make an early impact. I mean, especially when Mitchell Evans gets back, because when Mitchell gets back, you're going to look at a three-man tight end room of at least at the top from the rotation of Mitchell Evans, Eli Raritan, and Cooper Flanagan, which is pretty good, man. It's pretty, 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 pretty good. So I think that Jack, the biggest thing for me, Brian, this offseason and moving into the future from year one is he brings a different variable that you don't have a ton of at the tight end room anymore. I mean, he's more of like that Kane Barong type of style as far as like being more of a detached movement-based player that you thought that maybe he could be. But I really think that Jack, this offseason and moving into year one, just about physical developments. I mean, I, I saw him listed at like 230 pounds on the roster. I don't know how accurate that is, but I know there were times, at least junior and senior year, where he was more in the 215 range, somewhere in that ballpark. So he isn't a big kid. And although he, he the weight will be, He's going to be limited as far as like how much good weight you can put on his frame because he's not the longest guy of all time. He's not the tallest guy of all time. But I think just physical development this offseason is going to be big for him. Putting on good weight, getting ready to acclimate to the surroundings, to the tight end room. Because year one impact, I don't see a ton for Jack Larson potentially, but it's more about setting yourself up for the long term this offseason. It is, Ryan, but there's also a little bit of a concern that he's going to have to – you're going to have to, as a coaching staff, everything you said is 100% correct. I don't disagree with any of it. I just want to look at the roster for a second. Mitchell Evans is out this spring. Kevin Bauman, he'll be back. How long will he be back? Eli Raritan and Cooper Flanagan. So he's going to get a decent amount of reps this, this spring, which is going to help him learn the offense and get acclimated – you're going to kind of have to, as a coaching staff, hopefully you don't have to play him, but you need to make sure he's getting as ready as he can in the weight room and with known the system because you've got Mitchell Evans and his injury history, Eli Raritan and his injury history, and Kevin Bauman and his injury history. 
you're not that far away from Jack Larson being your number two or number three tight end as a freshman. That's that's not where you want to be. That's not mm -hmm. you didn't recruit Jack Larson to come in and play day one, but they're going to have to at least pay a little extra attention just to make sure that mentally and physically he's ready to play in case that time is called. But to your point, Ryan, the, the in a perfect world, Jack's a guy that you save a year. He doesn't yep. play. I mean, he'll play some blowout, but you don't want him to, to lose a red shirt this year. You don't, because as you mentioned, he needs a lot of body development and, and, mm -hmm. and physical growth. Like Eli Raritan's not a five-year guy. He, he, you know, now, now I may not have thought that as a freshman, but looking at it now, Mitchell Evans is not a five-year guy. Jack Larson can be a five-year guy. Now he, he's got the ball skills to help you right now, but if you're putting Jack Larson in the game, it's probably going to be to block and things like that. And like you said, he's 215, 220 pounds, you know what I mean? Is where he's been most of last year. So perfect. You don't want to have to do that. But I do get a little bit nervous when I look at the, the the numbers at tight end and when you consider the injury history of so many of those guys that I really hope Jack's not thrust into a situation where they have to play him this year. Uh, so that's something you have to keep in mind for the spring. But to your point, the, the ideal situation for Jack is that he gets to have a year of just pure development. You know, build yep. up your body, learn the game, get great, get a ton of reps on the scout team, really put in that work going against – Jalen Sneed and going against Jack Kaiser and going against, you know, your first team defense, that's going to be a great learning lesson, uh, you know, learning period for Jack Larson. And then maybe a year later when Bauman's gone and Mitchell Evans is gone, now he's in a much better position to kind of step in and be that number two or three guy and battle for that as a sophomore. But I really don't want to have, I, I really want him to be able to save that year of eligibility. And, and I, and for all the reasons that you mentioned, I just, man, that, yep. am I, am I off base here? I mean, like I just, that, that depth chart just makes me nervous with all those injured, the, in, the injury history of those guys have. It really does, man. It does. Yeah. No, I, I understand. I mean, you're always preparing, you know, the, you're always preparing to try to play right. Ultimately. But I, I guess my mindset was more from a best case scenario is that Jack is able to physically develop, is able to mature, and be able to kind of take things along in a slower process because he's just body type. He's just not ready. Yeah. I don't think right now, like, to, I mean, I maybe, maybe he'll prove me wrong and maybe it'll be 235 ish, you know, by the time, you know, fall camp comes around and maybe he could do a Davis Sherwood type of role year one and be able to be kind of that movement based H back type of dude. I mean, it's possible, but ultimately I think that it's best case scenario for Jack is to be a little bit patient with him because I think that long-term that would pay the biggest dividends for this program potentially. Offensive lineman, I think is another spot where we look at and say development would be nice, right? I mean, cause you have the three, I would say if Gerby Lambert was able to be an early enrollee, this might be a little bit of a different conversation because maybe Gerby is a guy that can come in and can give you a little bit of competition as far as, actually potentially earning a spot on the offensive line, potentially, especially with the full off season of physical development, weight room training and acclimation as far as coaching and technique. But the three offensive linemen that you have coming in, I would say two out of the three are in need of serious physical developments. One is Anthony Knapp that we've talked about a ton, right around 270, 275 pounds. He's not the biggest kid in the world. He needs to develop into his frame offensive lineman out of the state of Georgia, out of Roswell, Georgia. The other one, Brian, is Styles Prescott, who listed 6'6", around 270 pounds. He's another kid that just needs to add a little bit mass. He's a little bit skinny right now, 
he has a frame to put on the weights. I'll be interested to see how much good weight he puts on in a short amount of time. I would say Peter Jones out of the three is physically probably the most ready to play day one at Notre Dame. But regardless, we know that offensive linemen in general are usually brought along a little slow, unless you're just a dude, unless you're a guy that just you can't keep off the field. But usually they're about, let's get that weight room strength going. Let's get that physical development going. Let's learn the technique that Coach Rudolph is going to be preaching to them. Two out of three of the guys I think are just in need of serious physical developments. And I, you know, just let's add competition to that room. Let's improve yeah. that depth overall. But I don't think you're looking at this three-man class and saying that t- that either one of them is fighting for a starting job year one. Sure. But the quality of depth and the quality of making the room better, I think that they could certainly bring that very quickly. What a difference a year makes. I mean, the biggest guy that Notre Dame's adding right now is is Peter Jones, who on the Notre Dame roster is listed at 6'5", 292. The next two guys is Styles is listed at 6'6", 273, and Anthony Knapp's listed at 6'4", 266. Compare that to last year. Here's the size of last year's, the current current size, and a couple of them are actually down a few pounds. Christopher Tarek, 6'5", 327. Charles Jagasaw, 6'7", 326. Uh, Sam Pendleton, 6'4", 309. Selvin Absher, 6'8", 318. And even Joe Odding is 6'3", 288. So, I, mean, I, know, I, was, I was happy to say Odding's weight yes, seems to be a lot up. Yes. That was good to see. So, really good to see. They, uh, it's a different looking group than last year. It's a, it's a much more athletic group, you know, Ryan, as, as you look at it. Guys that can move and all that. But to your point, I mean, Styles Prescott not only needs a time to develop his body, as you and I have discussed a lot, his game needs a lot of work. I yep. love the tools that he has, but nobody landed Styles Prescott thinking he's going to come in and play as a freshman. You know, the only yep. guy that, I mean, Peter Jones could be that guy, but he's got a very big, long depth chart ahead of him of similar players that he's going to need some time to develop as well. Uh, and he's making it, he'll probably be making a transition from tackle to guard, Ryan. That's something that you and I talked about earlier is I'm curious to see where these guys play. Do they? Do they do – is Joe Rudolph like Harry Heastan? Because the way Coach Heastan was, he would always start these kind of kids a tackle just to get them some work outside. And then – because he knew he had time. These kids red shirt and we'll get them some work at tackle and then we'll move them inside. We saw that with so many kids from the past. Uh, do they do that with Peter or do they just say, hey, you're an inside guy and let's get that work right now? I am curious to see that. But, you know, of the – Peter's the only one that physically is ready to come in right now. And he's got a pretty technically sound game too, Ryan. But, yeah. again, there's just so many guys in front of him right now that he's going to have to be really, really good. But to your point, if you're trying to get in a too deep a guard, if you're Ty Chan, if you're Christopher Tarek, if you're, you know, Sam Pendleton and these guys that are trying to fight for either a starting job or to get into that too deep, he's another guy that you know, he he's going to look the part the second he shows up on campus. I've, I've seen Peter yeah. up close and personal. That's a good look, broad shouldered barrel. I mean, that's a, that's a good looking kid and he's going to put in the work. So yeah. he's another guy, but you, the expectation is this class, of the early enrollees will not make an, an early impact. But what it does do, Ryan, is Notre Dame is going to have a really good, legitimate three deep this spring. And as long as they can stay healthy, this may be one of the few years we've seen where you can actually have two separate lines in the spring game. Because normally they've had the, half the guys have to play both sides. And yep. you're going to have 17, 18 offensive linemen potentially this spring, which mm-hmm. could make a, for a very interesting situation. Now, just a couple notes we have talked a lot about who is and isn't going to be on the roster. Uh, Andrew Christoffick is not listed on the spring roster. So we kind of expected that, and we haven't got official word, but they did release the roster today, and he is not on it. 
So that's an expected move, but at least it's at least worth mentioning right now. Sure. Yep. Well, definitely worth mentioning as we're working through the offensive line talk again. Peter Jones is a guy that I think is going to have a fun time in the weight room because he throws around a lot of weight for people that don't know much about Peter. And I'm really interested to see how much good weight. Because the other thing about Styles is that I think Styles has the frame to add a lot of weight, but I don't want to pack it on too quick. I do not want to pack it on too quick on his frame. I think that that would be, I don't think that that would be, uh, I don't think that would be a great decision. So I'm yeah. hopeful that they just kind of ease him yeah. along pretty, almost like the Emil Wagner thing a little bit, right? Like they've just been kind of bringing Emil along pretty slowly, but he's been steadily yeah. like, you know, adding weight and he's in the two eighties. Now it's like, Let's keep getting that frame ready and keep getting it, you know, working up quickly. So, or I think he's got to be a two-year guy, Ryan. Man. That's that's my plan yeah. for him. Unless his body just naturally adds good weight, and he because like the fear is if you put too much weight on a kid like Styles right away, he gets tight and yeah. loses that quickness. And if he loses quickness, what what good is he? You know what I mean? Like it just you don't want to have that kid lose that. Um, so he's always been a guy that I love. I love the upside, but I've always kind of viewed him as a two-year player. Let's get him to 2026. You know, maybe he earns a two-deep role in 25, depending on what the roster looks like. But really the goal is to get him ready for 2026 to then compete yep. then. And that that's that's my ultimate goal for, for him. I mean, because by then, who knows? Charles Jagasaw might be leaving at that point in time, you know what I mean, depending on how he, he develops the next couple of years. Tosh will be gone by then. So that that to your point, both him and Nap to me both are guys that I want to see. I have the same concern with Anthony Nap. I don't want to see a lot of weight get put on these guys too soon. If it happens naturally, it happens naturally. But those are both two year guys for me before I'm ready to start talking about them being in the rotation. And and Notre Dame is in a great place, Ryan, where they don't have to they don't have to do, speed that up. They can take their time yeah. with those two guys. Offensive line, you baby. They're always going to have depth at that spot. It's about now developing that talent to a higher level that we have seen outside of Joe Alt, obviously. But yes, offensive line is in a good spot, folks. We're going to get to the defensive early enrollees. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter conversation because, as we said, nine out of fifteen are on the offensive side of the football, which means only six are on the defensive side of the football. But we're going to get to that next. Before we do, hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to us live on YouTube. Hit that notification bell as well so now you know when the next show is coming up. You could also, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, subscribe there as well as five-star reviews. Make sure you leave a nice little note on there about how much you love the show in that five-star review and go to boards.irishbreakdown.com as we continue to navigate you all through the offseason with the latest recruiting and team intel. We're going to talk defensive early enrollees next here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We'll mm-hmm.
Thank you.